0: Blog talk Radio. Good
1: evening, it's Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and welcome to another episode of Be Unique's Unscripted, where we talk to artists, musicians, performers, and business professionals. My name is Tony Taylor, I'll be your host for this evening. You know, you could spend your Thursday nights anywhere, and we are excited you're spending it with us. The conversation is cool, it's calm, and it's casual. You can also be a part of the conversation by dialing 516-418-5651. Now, before we begin, let's talk about why you need to get on your phone and go to beunique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. Here's what Be Unique is all about. Our mission is to work today to change tomorrow using digital mediums to connect the world with professional storytelling and media production. We work to educate, inspire, and foster positivity Get comfortable and get ready to dial 516-418-5651 with your questions, comments, and whatever else you may want to say. Let's meet our guest. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday night. It is 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You're listening to Be Unique Radio, and this is Be Unique's Unscripted. I am extremely excited about tonight's show and uh, it is an honor and a privilege to have this young young lady on as our guest Heidi bash Herod. she's the executive dir- director of Women's Voices Now which uses film as a vehicle to drive social change for global girls and women's rights. Using the power of film to challenge misrepresentations of females, their mission is to achieve a culture shift powered by impact film in which communities and institutions reach gender equality and adapt actions to support systematic advancement. Tonight, I'm with Heidi Basharad. Um She has overall strategic and operational responsibilities for Women's Voices Now's team, boards, programs, expansion, and, exec- and execution of its mission. She is the founding editor of the WV Voice and WVN's digital provocations. Heidi brings her experience in international human rights advocacy from her work with Tibetan Nuns Project, the Tom Lantos Human Rights Commission of the U.S. Congress, and the Palestine Israel Journal. She is a published author whose works can be found in several publications, including Open Democracy, Palestine Israel Journal, Tel Aviv Notes, Working Mother, The WV Voice, and the edited volume Kurdish Awakening, Nation Building in a Fragmented Homeland. She wrote the monograph, The Kurdish Women of Turkey Building a Nation, Struggling for Gender Parity*. Heidi is also the producer of an award-winning documentary, Honor Diaries, and also of the acclaimed short film, In Search of America, Ishala. In 2021, Heidi received a Daytime Emmy for her role as producer of the Girls Voices Now series in collaboration with Hear Media. Wow, Heidi, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here with you and your listeners.
1: Oh, it is great having you. Listen, uh, let's jump right into it, and uh, let's talk about what is Women's Voices Now?
0: Sure. So, I mean, you gave such a great introduction to our mission and, and our vision. Uh, but to add more to that, so we're a Los Angeles-based nonprofit organization. And, you know, I think about women's rights every day and really what we see with all the progress that women have and girls have made in the world, there seems to be a missing ingredient. That the moment that something happens, let's call it like a global pandemic or, you know, how easily laws can change that once really actually advanced women's rights, they can be rolled back. That we understand that women's rights are not really, um, we're not really feeling them and understanding them at a profound level, right? It seems actually it's very superficial. And so women's voices now has that secret ingredient that is underestimated, which is the power of film to be a cultural influencer that really changes how we see and perceive women and their roles. Uh, You know, at a very, very deep level and within our, you know, our hearts and our minds. So we, as you mentioned, we use film to drive change that's going to, that does advance women's and girls' rights globally.
1: Wow. Now, do you actively seek out these filmmakers or do they approach you with their projects?
0: Yeah, so so what I should mention is we have three programs, which is how we execute on our mission, which is first we have an International Women's Rights Documentary Film Festival, which supports emerging women filmmakers from all over the world who are uh, really putting their their bodies uh, in the front line of human rights struggles, um, especially showcasing women's rights issues, and we award uh, $10,000 in cash prizes to about seven winners each year, and through our film festival, we offer networking opportunities and try to... Help them um, further their career, you know, whether that's networking with industry folks or just getting their, their films and uh, out to a, an audience that maybe wouldn't always have the opportunity to see their films because you won't find their films on the mainstream media. Um, right. The second uh, program, yeah, the second program we have is our Girls Voices Now program, and that's our youth development program. We work with girls ages 14 to 18 from the greater Los Angeles area from underrepresented communities, and Mm -hmm. we're teaching them to use their their voice for change-making as well. So over five weeks, they learn how to make their first documentary film. Uh, we all not only do we in oh, the technical wow. skills, you know, camera, lighting, editing, sound, and all the things, but also we work a lot on their confidence building, their public speaking, and really their just their their personal their confidence. You know, like how do we get them out of their shell, or how do we get them to recognize all of their greatnesses? Because being a being a teenager, no matter what gender, is a really tough business these days and always. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, and I think <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. And there's, there has always seems to be, I mean, it, there's just an extra layer of challenge when, when you are a girl. So uh, trying to, you know, again, work from them, advance their professional and personal skills over the five weeks, and then they become part of our alumni community, and they are with us for, you know, we call them date nights where we bring in mental health professionals or financial literacy seminars, um, oh just different ways to enrich. Yeah, enrich them or if they need help with college essays. We have holiday reunions, editing workshops. Um, so we, we work with them year-round, too, we try to just really create a, a community um, that's based on, on on them. So that's fun and rewarding and really powerful. And, and as you mentioned, we have this incredible partnership with Hear Media, which is right. um, the largest LGBTQ plus streaming platform in the world. And they take the films every year and, and put them together into a, se- you know, a season of shows. And so those can be found right. on their platform as well as our platform. Yeah, so those, those films get global distribution, which is really cool because when our girls go to apply for college, you know, to have a film at the age of 18 or 17 that has global distribution is pretty, it's a pretty great thing. It looks and good on the resume.
1: That looks really good <laughs> on the resume. <laughs> yeah,
0: it really does. And they win in a lot of youth film festivals. And, and as we discussed, one of them even won an Emmy back in 2021. So it's, it's a great program. And then our third program. Yes, sure, sure. One of your no girls problem. won an Emmy. Yeah, so so I, I'm a producer of the of the show, right? That we work right. with your Media to create a show. But the right. film that actually um, that was chosen for the Emmy was made by four of our our youth filmmakers, and they each won wow. an Emmy because they're the directors of that film. Yeah, it's unbelievable. pretty amazing. It was really
1: unbelievable. And I got
0: I got to give them those Emmys, which was really that was pretty cool too because it was it was COVID time. You know, we couldn't be live in the studio, right. so the Emmys were delivered, and I got to I got to actually hand them to them all, which was really special. Uh. Oh yeah.
1: what was the, what were the expressions on their faces
0: a lot of disbelief and some tears. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, holding tight. Those things are pretty heavy. I have to say, they're really yeah, heavy. Okay. So it was, it was really sweet. And I love, you know, I, I follow them all on social media. So once in a while, you know, they like sort of do like a throwback Thursday, and I see them with their Emmy with a beautiful background. And you know, I mean, it's a, it's a trophy, right? But it really, it really means oh, a lot. It's amazing. really a stamp of approval. Yeah, it's really it special. Amazing. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of that and that they, they worked so hard and, and earned that.
1: Yeah. You know, with and all then, be, Yeah. yeah. Hey, no, go ahead, Heidi.
0: I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh no, if you we can stay on Girls' Voice. Now. I was going to tell about our third program, but you, if you have a question about Girls' Voice, no. then now, we can stay there. Oh great, no, okay. So our third program, program, yeah, and I think this might be the most interesting to all the listeners because our third program is called Voices for Change. It's our film collection. This is a free online resource that anyone anywhere in the world can access anytime as long as you have internet connection. And it's a collection of 200 plus uh, films, uh, narrative genre, documentary, long and short, creative documentaries, all about women's and girls' struggles and triumphs. They are made by people of all genders, and we have partners all over the world, including the World Bank, refugee camps, churches, synagogues, mosques. Everyone uses these films to sort of supplement and to make the difficult conversations around taboo that could be the discussion of women's rights. Um, it's, it's, It's there for all of us. So that's our Voices for Change film collection. Yeah. 200 Overturner films, more than 44 languages, more than 20 topics, and it's always growing.
1: Oh, my goodness. Wow. This thing is expanding, and it sounds so enriching to these young girls that are there. Um, now, with all the advances that we have made through the years with gender equality, what do you think is the biggest stumbling block now
0: in mm-hmm.
1: achieving gender equality?
0: Yes. Yeah, so I think, so first of all, it's, it's you know, it's like um, uh, many concentric circles, right? So first of all, women's rights are at different stages, different levels, advances, and regressions all over the world. It really depends. You have to be really specific on where you're talking about to be able to say, like, let us assess the status of women in this place, you know, this place and time. So I want to, first I want to say that. But then, and then, but I think we can say, generally speaking, all over the world, women have, even in the farthest corners of the earth where women had very little rights, uh, women right. do have social, economic, and political opportunities, educational opportunities that were unthinkable 100 years ago, really almost sure. everywhere, if not everywhere, yes? But sure. again, what we see is that, you know, rates of violence against women only are increasing. And that's an right. aftermath of the global pandemic. So what, what what is that all about? Like, how can we make so much progress on one side of things? But then again, it's that like really in our DNA, we still are right. not considering women as equal human beings. And it's not it's not just about men, right? They, there was a UN study that came out recently, 90% of Humans have biases, gender biases against women. So, oh, wow. you know, women. Women are against women, right? So there's a lot right. there's a lot to work on there. And it's not like it's intentional and it's just sort of like that's the world that we live in. So how do we unpack that? How do we become aware of it? How do we admit it to ourselves, you know, how do we get through it? And I really think it's about having um, these conversations with with powerful a conduit for conversation. And that's, that's the film, right? But a film, so many of our films are are personal stories that one can relate to that, you know, there's, there's music, there are human beings, there's laughter, there's tears, there's a compelling story and we all can connect with another human being, right? Because storytelling is, that's that's how we connect with each other. Yes. So when you, when we have the opportunity to really like feel safe and examine our own biases, that's, that's where the change that we really need to see happen will happen. And we just don't do it enough. I don't think that we do it enough. We invest a lot in, you know, getting women into office and getting women onto boards and getting women into college and educate, you know, secondary, primary, all the educational levels. But when we're talking about like our perceptions of women and where really do women belong? And, you know, that's where it gets really touchy, actually, and it can get really sensitive. And that's right where we need to go for the change, not just be forced from the top down, but for it really to come from the bottom up.
1: Wow. Well, let's talk talk about currently, okay? Um, I I know you said that there's different uh, gender equality uh, perspectives all over the world, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, But does it seem to you now, as it does to me, that Mm -hmm. in our country, there seems to be this push to regress, to push back on what women have achieved over the last, let's say, 50 years? Do you see this happening in the United States? And what do you think is the cause of this?
0: I see it 100%. It's really upsetting to me. You know, I have to pick my mouth up off the floor regularly as I'm reading the news. Um, It's really hard. Um, What do I think? I think, uh, you know, I think on some level... So Okay, let's say, if we go back about 50 years ago, right, when the women's rights movement in the United States came to the fore and lots of change happened, um, it redistributed resources, it redistributed power, things did change. You know, women felt like if we do everything that men do, then we'll have the respect, and that apparently isn't the answer. Um, yeah. that 's one thing, and then I just I do believe that there 's a lot of pushback. I think you know the world is in crisis, right, like the United States is in crisis, like we had the pandemic, we have high inflation rates there 's so much uncertainty in the world you know we 're in this strange, bizarre technological takeover of all these things. I think right. things are changing fast, and people are afraid, and when people are afraid and they don 't know what 's going to happen, then you you kind of lash point. out at what you perceive to be weaker than you right, and so women are yeah. supposed to yeah. be weaker, and yet they 're not being weaker. Um, so I just think it's a time of great, we've never been here before. Um, no. and I also, yeah, we never, and I think about a lot with like no, social yeah. progress, like you solve, you solve some problems, but then the new reality comes to the surface and there's new problems. Right. And then it's like the job will never be done. That's another thing is this work is not linear. It's very cyclical. And when you take a step back and sort of, I'm a, I'm a trained historian, right? So I, when I look at the long arc of history, there is a tremendous amount of progress. It's not as much as I want. But there is progress. So it's not about like, wow, are we regressing? It's like, oh, what do we need to look at? What do we need to examine? What do we need to address in this time and place? And the worst thing we could do is just give up, right? So we should be enraged. We should pay attention. We should read the news and then get to work and start thinking about the solutions to the new problems that came from solving previous problems. I hope that
1: makes sense. Right. No, that makes absolute sense. And what is your take on the fact that we have pretty much – gone back in time with looking at women's health uh, issues. In um, yeah. particular, the Supreme Court's decision to basically negate uh, Roe versus Wade. Um, yes. Do you, yeah. do you, what, what is your take on that? How, how do you feel about that? And, and what is Women's Voices Now doing with that?
0: Sure. Okay. So let me see. How do I want to, what order? Okay. So my personal thing, and then I'll talk about women's voices. Now our role, the organization's role in that, Mm So, right. I, I, first of all, to do the work that I do, I always have to find the silver lining. I always have to find, the, like, the bright side of the darkness, okay? So mm-hmm. when the fact that Roe v. Wade was overturned says to me that that was not the right solution to ensuring women's reproductive rights. That was not sure. the, the the branch of government that should have best been endowed with that um, with that decision and that power to implement that decision. Um, I'm also, I was a poli-sci major as an undergrad, and I also, you know, it's real politic. We do what's best in, in the best interest of our state, and we are a country of states, right? Like that's how the union stays together, is that states' rights are very strong. And while I wouldn't want to live in a state where a woman doesn't have a right to make decisions over her own body, I also understand reality and that that's probably the way it's going to go. And then what happens to the people within those states? You know, I, I just think there's a bigger process being happening before our eyes right now, um, right. and we kind of have to see how that all that all turns out. Because when you poll Americans, the majority of Americans are very pro women having a right over their reproductive choices, Correct. and it's just a few people at the top that are making those decisions for people in entire states so we have a flawed system there is no perfect democracy we know this so you know i don't like that's not like a sudden it's not a tidy answer in any way shape or form but i think like that's democracy that's that's what we do right we argue we vote we break it down we build it up we figure it out and unfortunately people suffer along the way um but that's that's also the right we have the right to mobilize and to and to change laws too. So I'm very grateful that I live in California and my right to choose is not under threat in any way, shape, or form. And I Be also very believe that where I am very grateful. And I also I also know from what I read and what I watch that women are coming. Women and men are making are doing their best to make sure that women who are in danger of of being forced to make a decision that they don't want to make about having a child. Um, are, are being helpful in finding ways to, to alleviate the fallout of this, of this turning right. over of Roe v. Wade. So that's, that's that. Um, that's that. And I, you know, I'm not a, a fortune teller, so I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And, and I just hope that people stay angry and continue to be resourceful and creative about how to make it so that women do have the right to choose, but it's not going to happen unless people really believe that women our full human beings. So that's a good segue to, to women's voices is, now. Yeah. So, right. yes, so women's, right. So we don't, I would say we're not taking a position on, you know, we don't have like a campaign for pro-choice, right? Like we don't have an abortions rights campaign that we don't do campaigning. We don't do advocacy work like that. But what we do is we, we promote films, right? So so this past film festival, many films were dealing with abortion um, in different countries, whether it was being allowed or taken away, because there are some countries that are actually giving women more yes, rights yeah. for their reproductive, reproduction. So, Ireland. Um, you know, yeah, so we, so actually, yes, Ireland, Argentina, even, there are many, there are many countries in, in Central and South America, in El Salvador, they have a horrible uh, law against it. Like even if someone miscarries, they get they get accused of abortion. They end up in prison. So and that's yeah. been alleviated a little bit because of actually one of our grand prize films from last year that that you know was made to campaign against that law and they actually did help to change that law, to lessen it a little bit and to free these women who are in prison. That's another story. That's called, um, indebted to all women and that can be found in our film collection at Women's Voices Now, indebted to all women. I highly recommend everyone watch that documentary. Um, sure. but so what I was saying is that, so for our, the, our most recent film festival, the, the theme was, holding ground under siege, and it was actually starting a conversation exactly about how we find ourselves in this moment where women have made so many gains, and right now there's so much backlash and such a concerted effort to take away those gains. What do we do right now? You know, do we hold on to what we have, or do we keep pushing forward? So we're not making any decisions for anyone. We are just presenting the films. We are putting them out there. We are talking to people like you. You know, we are we are getting the conversation out there and asking people to think about it by watching the films that come through our festival, that are in our collection. So that's, that's our role in that. It's creating discourse around these, these issues through the power of film.
1: Through the power of film. Now, speaking of power, do you see... Yeah added motivation and cause now with women that you deal with on a regular basis. Do you think women are more in tune now as to what is at risk than they were five years ago? Oh, I
0: would, you know, I, okay there, I wish I was more optimistic. I think if more women were more in tune and were more enraged that we would see a better world for women. So, so no, I, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't know really? what would be the tipping point. Yeah, and I feel like also the, you know, social media and the internet. I'm gonna stick with social media. It's such a wonderful way to be connected with people, but social sure. media is such a lazy way to start a revolution. You know, like you don't. Yes. You, you it you 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 like something, so you've done something. Like that's that's not how change happens, right? Like it's you know, you right. give money, you give time, you knock on doors, you sign petitions, yes. you go to protests, you learn how to run for office, you intern at a public office, you know, you, there's work to be done, you organize with people, you create community. So I feel like there's so much energy, human, beautiful human energy that is so, so innovative and so magical, right? Like when the people come together and have power, I just feel like the, it, it it, it like peters out really fast. Faster because I think our energies are so Sucked in we're so sucked in by like The spectacle of activity you know Which is like the right. virtual world that many of us Are living in so right. that's the Reality right like we don't we don't have it's, it Almost is like not no one feels they Have so much that they're going to lose that they're willing to, to really like show up enough it's, it's too few people and That's my cynical answer to that and usually I'm not So cynical but that, that's just the honest truth right now that's, that's how I'm feeling right now
1: Do you see hope in the next generation like Generation Z
0: so I work with youth as you know with right. girls voices now and and every summer when I'm meeting a new cohort of girls I'm like wow I don't even know why I lose sleep over the future because they they've got they understand they're so far beyond all of us they're living in such a different world. They are so advanced. Right. They don't, you know, they're not, they don't see race. They don't see, no. they don't no. see gender. Like everything is like fluid Sexuality. and everyone yeah. is together. Every Yes. Everything is like, yeah, we're just humans. Like we're here. Right. Like right. they're, they're not fretting about what those of us older, you know, beyond 18 are fretting about. So right. sometimes I feel like, yes, that, you know, the future is in good hands. And then I also say the addiction to the telephones and the social media and the shortened social, um, attention span, and I do worry a little bit. So I'm a big fan of, you know, we need to have intergenerational connections and intergenerational um, initiatives to solve the biggest problems that we have. And we have to make sure to listen to each other across those generations if we are going to be up for the challenges that, that are really facing us all. I'm glad that you feel positive
1: because I have a 23-year-old daughter, and um, you're exactly right. They don't see race. They don't see color. They don't see gender. They don't see sexuality. They see people as people. And it gives me hope. It really does. Yeah. Because she's not alone. I mean, I listen to their conversations with their friends. I listen to different people she associates with. And they all, almost all of them, feel that way. And I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that, you know, with your work with the youth, um, that you explain to them that... It, it's there, but we have to fight to keep it there.
0: Yeah. And we just
1: can't go into this, you know, believing one thing and letting those on top take away the other thing because it can go in a snap of a finger. And we always totally. got to be ready. We always got to be ready to fight, to take up the cause, and to do something about it. And sometimes, the, you know, I do worry that there is an expectation from Generation Z that the things they have grown up to believe are always going to be there. And I think it's mm-hmm. our responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think it's our responsibility as older folks to let them know and to get the point across that, Hey, this may be here today, but it can be gone tomorrow. And I'm seeing yeah. that in full force in my state because I live in Florida
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, Florida has taken a direct U-turn down. <laughs> I mean, everything that you can think, about what could go wrong in a society is happening here in this state. And, right. you know, I, I would have never in my wildest dreams, and I'm i am in my uh, early 50s, I would have never mm-hmm. in my wildest dreams think that we would ever be in a situation where we were banning books. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and that is something that with women's rights, I, I, I just, I'm, I notice it every day there seems to be a pushback, a pushback, a pushback of things that, you know, we've all come to expect. I mean, we all, you know, expected women to be able to be in charge of their own health and, 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 and well-being. But now it's disappeared in the snap of a finger, literally. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm so admire, I, I so admire what you're doing because you are taking a medium that is so powerful like film, and giving it its own unique special voice to make people aware of what we're talking about. Yeah. So my, yeah. my question is, um, uh, what is the plan to grow Women's Voices Now? What, what do you ultimately want to see in the next five years?
0: Yeah, that's, that's such a great question. Um, well, before I answer that question, I just want to add to what we're doing with our Girls Voices Now program. Cause, sure. Um, I want to assure you that I'm I'm so aware too of like just the not taking it for granted. So part of the program as well is that you're, it's not just about making a film; it's also creating a social change campaign around it. So that's really important to us that the girls know it's not just about you making a film and feeling glamorous what are you asking people to do with the film? So they actually have to create a screening guide where there's, you know, what questions would you ask your your audience before they watch the film? What questions would you ask, ask to them? Don't have them believe just what you say because that's just your point of view. Like, give them other resources to go research and then give them a list of actions to take after they've watched the film. Because, the like, the power of film, too, is you generate so much empathy and you generate, generate so many right. emotions, right? right? And you can't leave someone with something, like, big and heavy and important and be like, okay, bye, like, go have... Ice cream or something right no you want to like you want to like harness that energy and go do something and people need to be told like here's what you can do so that's a really important component of our work as well that our, our girls films have calls to action that are you know that are doable for anyone whether it's just like share this film, talk about it or write a love letter to yourself or, you know, go to your local immigration detention center and see what really it's all about or, you know, whatever they come up with based on the film topic. Um, and same with our, our Voices for Change film collection is that we – when we put a film into our collection, we're asking the filmmaker, if you could speak to the audience or the person watching this film, what would you ask them to do after they watch oh, the film? Wow. So we want, to give, we want to give people some guidance and, and to really – you know, instill that value that we, we, the power of one, you know, like it takes right. many to come together to make change, but it starts with the power of one. So um, that's that's another value of Women's Voices now, is just believing that we, we have to create the change that we want to see, and, and we all have the ability to do it, small acts, medium acts, large acts, all the rest, you know, but we have to do something. So I just want to get that in there because I think that's sure. important, something that sets us apart from other um, organizations that are working with film. Um uh, and then the next, so I was saying it's interesting because we're in the process of planning our three years, our next three year strategic plan. And as I'm looking at all of our programs, for us, you know, it's really about growing our visibility because we are a small and mighty team. None of us work full time. Um, and we—it's very much a grassroots organization, and I really believe. I mean, this is part of like being on this podcast—is that we need more women to know about the work. More women, we need more people to know about the work that we're yeah, doing at Women's right. Voices Now, um, because we want more eyeballs on the film. We on the films that we are putting in our film festival, our youth films, our collection films, because the more people that know about us, the more this these these films have the the power to change hearts and minds toward the right people and women. So really, it's about visibility. Strengthening the programs we have, getting the work out there, and, um, yeah, and really connecting with more people. I think that's my biggest dream is to connect with more people about the work that we're doing and to get them excited about it and to get them into it with us. In our last five minutes, Heidi,
1: can you please tell people where they can go and how they can get more information about Women's Voices Now?
0: For sure. So to find more about Women's Voices Now, of course, we have a website, womensvoicesnow.org. In the top right corner, you can sign up for our newsletter. We don't send many newsletters unless we're fundraising, but that's pretty normal. Um, so once a month, you get an update on our programs and our activities. Uh, we also send films to our newsletter to inspire folks. We're also on all the social media channels. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube. That's another place to catch our films and other content of events that we do and people that we interview. Um, let me see, yeah, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, which is no longer called Twitter, uh, all the places yeah. that you would think to find us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then um, on our team page, on our website, everyone who is working with us, we're all there, our emails are there, so you can also just reach out and, and tell us, you know, would you like to help, are you interested in volunteering, we have volunteer opportunities, we have events that are um, mostly in Los Angeles, because that's where we are, but we also have online events, which are a great way to participate in film and discussion, so lots of ways to engage with us. Well,
1: Heidi, I really want to personally thank you for being on the podcast tonight. It's been extremely informative, and it's been helpful. I'm real excited about what you're doing with the youth. I think they are the next step in advancement in every country, and I think you are definitely, definitely fueling the fire for those changes to happen. So I really want to thank you for being on the show tonight, and I hope you'll come back and join us again.
0: I would love to come back, Tony. I really appreciate this opportunity, and and thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to tell more about Women's Voices Now to all of the people out there listening tonight.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Heidi. Have a great evening, and hopefully we'll talk with you again soon.
0: Sounds great. Take care, Tony. Thank you.